Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians. Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior. And Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities. Searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Who did it? There is some serious weirdness crap going on in the studio tonight, and I want somebody's head. <laughs> I do too right now. We sat here. We did. recorded about half of this podcast tonight and realized that the radio station was playing over the top of our vocal. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> so now we have to start all over again. It's coffee and weirdness, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. We started out the night by going to return pumps that I had purchased for my teenage son. Now, why would I purchase pumps for my teenage son, you ask? Well, for one thing, he did not want to go shopping for pumps. Well, of course not. He made you do it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he was in a pageant. Was in a pageant a couple of days ago at his school where they were raising money for, for the their after prom party. Where they instead of when I was a kid, when you went to prom afterwards, everybody would go their separate ways. The state would stay out all night and show up home about bless you five or six o'clock in the morning, and nobody knew where you were all night. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, in the modern day, they have a big party. Where they show movies and play laser tag and crap all night long at a single location so the kids don't get into mischief. Mm -hmm. But it's expensive. Well, yeah, because they have to rent the whole place out. I mean, all of it. Who's going to want to go to this location with a bunch of seniors who just got done with prom? Exactly. So he was supposed to play hacky sack and heels for his talent. But he, he didn't tell me about this until the night before the freaking thing happened, when it was too late to go to the store that night. So he didn't tell me about it until that night. So I was like, dude, you think I'm going to be able to find a pair of size 13 heels just like that? <laughs> in a size 13 in women's is not the same thing as a 13 well, in men's. Well, he wears an 11. Oh, okay, right. So on. I was looking for size 13. So I find some miracle of miracles after calling all over town, finally finding a pair of size 13s. And he didn't realize how bad it was. Well, that heels are supposed to be a little bit big. I mean, they're not supposed to be snug up on your on the back of your foot yeah. or else by the end of the night, you're not going to be able to move. Right. You need a little give when you're you know what I mean? Can't even remember the last time I wore heels. Yeah, I don't wear heels either, which is why this was really hilarious. It this is whole super thing hilarious. was hilarious. So to make a long story short, I had to run all over town at the last minute right before the pageant and find him sparkly flip-flops and paint his toenails <laughs> instead. But he looked awesome. But he, he won best evening dress. That's because his dress was glorious. It he, was glorious. He gave a shout out to my son in the audience. Yeah, he said, he said I feel so fortunate because I'm going home with Tyler tonight, which was hilarious because <laughs> Tyler was sitting with his girlfriend. So it made it even funnier. <laughs> they were having a blast. It was a good time. Yeah, it was. It was fun. And the lady at the Payless looked at me like I was ridiculous because 
here I am carting these size 13 shoes back in saying they don't fit. She's looking at me like, duh, of course they don't fit. <laughs> See, I would have just said they were for my son and they didn't fit. And we'll see, I was about to say, now he knows the struggle that a trans woman faces. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't find shoes anywhere. Silvani so had a very difficult week and didn't get the opportunity to finish reading her book because her authoritarian boss decided that it was no longer acceptable to, for her to have headphones or her phone at her desk. Fail. Right. Which the phone, when they first said no head or no phones, I, was, I thought, well, OK, that's fine. I can still put it in my pocket. And listen, you know, and then it's not on my desk. So, you know. And then they came back about three hours later and said no headphones. I think they were after you. That's what I think. But they said it for everybody. Yeah, but they succeeded. You quit. Well, yeah, I did. Well, that for other reasons, too. Yeah. So, But I mean, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> if you're doing your job and you're sitting on hold, what else are you supposed to do? If there's no busy work to do, what do you do? Right. And I mean, you know, just to be clear, I only listened to my book when I was doing stuff that didn't take brain power, like sitting on hold or going through invoices and just separating between, you know, different I payers. Have no judgment. I schedule ads for one of our radio stations and I can have Netflix up on my other screen because I have a double screen setup because I often need two screens for my job. So mm-hmm. when I'm not using the two screens, Netflix is on one and I just listen to it. I'm not even looking at it. I'm doing what I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be doing, but... Well, that's because it's mindless nice. work. It's it just is. repetitive. Yes. And there's right. not much to it. It's, it's like just doing a puzzle busy and work. listening to whatever you're listening to. Right. That's basically right. exactly what if I it, do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it was anything that took, you know, like when I'm trying to figure out adjustments or anything like that, you know, I turn it off so I can do the math without screwing up, obviously. Right. But some of that stuff is just so... How dare you be productive? I uh. know. And she would always finish her work early, so then... Ugh. Anyway, long story short, she now is getting a new job. She only has nine days left with the old job. So, Vani, you have to pick some. I know you picked something weird so that it would go with our theme of coffee and weirdness. Yes, I did. Um, I decided to go back to a favorite that I've read a couple of times called Wicked by Gregory Maguire. And this is one of my all time favorites because it's dark and it's twisted And it's pretty awesome. It's a little difficult to read because it's set in a completely made up world. And at times it's so off the wall that it's hard to know what's going on. So this book was written from instead of the point of view of Dorothy, the point of view of the Wicked Witch, which makes it a completely different take on things. Right. And Gregory Maguire writes a lot of books that have different twists on fairy tales. And it's really interesting because he is very twisted and he is very dark. I would like to say these are not books for children. Just because it's about Wizard of Oz does not mean you should read it to your children (laughs) at all. But this starts out um, when the Wicked Witch of the West, which her name is Alphaba, is born. And she is born green and with a full mouth of very sharp teeth. But um, she's born green. And what you find out a little bit later in the book is that um, Alphaba's mom. Who is kind of a slut. Who is a very loose woman. <laughs> well, she she's a very high society woman before she's married to Alphaba's dad. Which I don't remember and then her she name. she gets it's a like little Franz or something like that. Well, she's 
she doesn't have anything to do. She's like a princess. She she's have, like a she's oh, like a a board housewife. Uh, she's like a cheerleader who has to you know she she goes and gets her nails done and everybody does stuff for her and entertain me. Those are yeah, the and I think, be constantly entertained. Yes. I think that she needs the reassurance that she's pretty. Yep. And that's kind of why she hooks Don't up and have these. <laughs> and her husband's a traveling minister. So she's by herself all the time. So she's horny. So. Well, um, she's lonely. I, I don't even know if it's so much yeah, that she's horny. I think horny. you're right. I think, I think she's think just it, lonely. Yeah, I think that is. And she needs that reassurance that she's, you know. Make me feel good. Right. Exactly. That's what she needs. And so she finds that, you know, even if it's it just for a more short fun time. that she was a slut. But yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> she'll never hear slut. me say that sentence again either. <laughs> <laughs> So Alphaba is green, sharp teeth. She doesn't play well with others because she keeps trying to bite them. Her parents actually have to make a muzzle for her because she keeps trying to bite the other children in the neighborhood. I mean, in the she, mom, that's not and they can't bathe her because she's allergic to water. Right, she's very afraid of water because water causes her pain. She doesn't bathe and she bites. Yeah, yes. I want to be her best friend. <laughs> And her mom doesn't think that she's pretty. So her mom just kind of treats her like... And she's vain and vapid, so she gets no love. Right. And then the other sister is born. Right. And then a little ways down the line, like I said, she's always seeking attention from others. She starts having an affair with a quadling named Turtle Dove and... Quadling? Quadling, which is... Like another race in this world that he's created. It's like a he's like there's like a whole race of people that live in the swamps, oh, and they're and sort of outcasts, but they're very peaceful and sweet. Are they and reptilian in nature? No, no, not he, really. He looks pretty much like everybody else. I think. I think yeah. they just live in the. That's just, that's just where, where they, they live. Yeah. Oh, okay. Kind of like you know the people who live in like Louisiana and Florida in the swamps, yeah, in the marshy you know. areas. I yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And um. But he's a glass blower, very nice, quiet, peaceful person. Fancy. And <laughs> they have a daughter named Nessa Rose, who is beautiful and pink and has no arms. And this is what who becomes the wicked witch of the what of the east, east. later. Yeah. Which she's the one that Dorothy drops the house on. All I can think about is the oblongs. The what? The, the what? oblongs. Do you remember that cartoon? It was a family um, of limbless individuals. All oh. of them were, had some sort of deformity. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that. of that, but that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, and twisted, because this is sort of a twisted type. Yeah. Right. And um, there's a son that is born a little bit later on, and which they don't really talk about him a lot in this book, but he's, you know. Normal. He's normal, but he's spoiled, and he thinks that he's all that, and yada, yada. I don't really care for his character very much. But like I said, he's not in this book, because I think he's quite a bit younger than the girls. He is. Okay. Yeah. And if he's normal and, you know, the typical only son, youngest child thing, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who cares? That's, that's exactly how Moving he... <laughs> right along. <laughs> so this is about um, Nessa Rose and Alphaba. Pretty much growing up. And they actually are... are they friends? Yeah, they're pretty close. Okay. 
I mean, they haven't. They have a nanny. So they don't try to kill each other. Or no, anything and then they go to college together too. Right. And uh-huh. Alphaba actually plays the older sister pretty well. I mean, she tries to she take does. care of Nessa Rose, which they call her Nessie. And I always give my sister a hard time about that. Her because her sister's name is Vanessa. So. And we call her Nessa. Nice. <laughs> so I tell her she's the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but I, Nessa Rose is catered to quite a bit. So she's quite spoiled. Because like I said, she's very pretty. And she doesn't have any arms. So everybody does everything for her. And she lets them. She wants them to. Oh, so pretty equals princess. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty princess. Okay, and, so and that's what Nessa Rose was. She was a pretty, pretty princess, and she liked being treated like one. Um, hence the reason why she had the ruby slippers and not Alphaba. Oh, yes. Because they were a present because her dad doted upon her because she was so pink and pretty and social and perfect, except for missing her arms, obviously. Gregory Maguire writes a lot of different sides of fairy tales like he has one about snow white about the um the evil stepsisters from cinderella and he always takes the side of the bad guy and it's very dark and very twisted so i like reading these books because i like dark and twisted does he have an interest (laughs) in criminal psychology or something you know i don't know i didn't google him because i think he's like an english professor or something because i fell in love with him in love i'm thinking this guy is perfect he's he's incredible and i immediately went out to try to find everything he'd written he's written a bunch of children's books which were hilarious by the way oh were they yeah nice Uh, five haunted hairdos i wouldn't see him as a as a children's writer no they're they're like easy readers so i mean i'm a fan of his work and he's actually, it's difficult to find his work. The library doesn't have a lot of them. And Half Price Books doesn't have them on audio very often. So, I mean, if I see one, I snatch it up because, like I said, you don't see him very People often. People who buy them keep them. Yeah, must be. And I'm really yeah. surprised that they don't, the bookstores don't buy more of them. Or why the libraries don't have them. Maybe they're just so twisted and politically we don't really live in a region where dark and twisty is sought after no that's true Very and true it is a little bashing with the political and religious aspects that yeah i would so. yeah <laughs> okay so alphaba and nessa rose are in college um their nanny goes with them because nessa rose needs so much care so she's more like of a nurse slash chaperone for college for them. Because she does take the chaperone role quite Right, a bit. she does. But the funny thing is, is, is none of the other girls. Well, I guess there are some other girls that have chaperones. Yeah. In this particular college. Are they armless? No. <laughs> then it doesn't no. Nessa, count. Nessa Rose is the only <laughs> armless girl around, but I think. Galinda, I think, doesn't she have a chaperone? Yeah, she does. I'm pretty sure they all do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Galinda is the good, good witch. witch. I thought her name was Glinda, but they, he made it Galinda. He made it Galinda. Galinda. Completely rip it off. Must be. I, I. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> but it's spelled Galinda in the. Of course, I read the actual book of this. I did not listen to the audio. So, 
I could be saying it wrong. I'm I think sure I, it's probably Glinda. I read the book of this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I listened to the audio for Son of the Witch and Lion Among Men. Which are also books in the same series. Right. So if you like the first one, then you can go on to read more. Mm-hmm. Ooh, series are fun. Yeah. Yes, they are fun. Um, I forgot where I was. That's... They're in college, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. See, I wonder and... why. <laughs> <laughs> and Alphaba kind of gets um, connected with a political party that is against the Wizard of Oz because the Wizard of Oz is in power by now. And he is not the nice person that he is in the books and the movies, in the child's children's books and movies. He's more of like a dictator. A dictator is a really good way to put it because he squashes everything he doesn't agree with. And he's trying to eradicate an entire species. No opposition. Right. Nope. He sends soldiers out to kill anyone who doesn't agree with his political views. If you are caught with any kind of contraband... Or um, putting up signs against him, you're killed. They will kill you. And he's also trying to eliminate all of the animals with a capital A in uh, in this land, which are the animals who can talk and are smart. Right on. Sort of like the cowardly lion talks. There's right, a like whole humanoid animals. Yes. Yeah. Sort right. of. They've 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 gained consciousness. Animals right. that have gained consciousness, and that's when they get their capital A. Right. Oh. Yeah. They graduated. Sort of, yeah. Well, there's some of them that are actually college professors. Yeah, I was going to say, one of the college else. professors is a goat. Yes. In this. Yeah. And he can't, he doesn't send out soldiers to kill the animals with a capital A. He sends assassins because he doesn't want to be connected with the deaths of these animals when they haven't done anything wrong. Especially right. the higher profile ones like the college professors and stuff. He has to be careful about the way he does right. it. This be- sounds... Uh, it's well, very, very dark. A little, it, it does sound dark, but it also makes me think of maybe a little bit of our current political climate. Minus <laughs> the actual murders. It's funny how everything seems to apply to that these days. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it really it is does. interesting how these books keep kind of shedding a light on it and it seems like they're um foreshadowing almost mm-hmm. well let's hope not i yeah <laughs> yeah yeah let's. let's hope it doesn't get that bad mm-hmm. but um i don't remember a lot of what happens i think in the book but i know that she ends up at a nunnery and living with nuns she does it's but she's hiding but yeah she's i think she's hiding i think she gets caught in her political escapades because um, what's the one, her one boyfriend that she hooks up with? Oh, yeah. That Shoot. She kind of has. I can't remember he his has name. a thing either. for the green. Yeah, and he does. on and off. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> he got him a taste of some green. He ain't yeah. come back. <laughs> and, you, and, and the funny thing is, is you see the affair between them. Mm-hmm. And you see her. Not as a wicked individual. You see her as a person. A vulnerable lady with um, feelings. Well, a person well, with um, attachment issues because she kind of pushes him away. Oh, yeah. She definitely does. She, you can well, definitely tell that she was not given a lot of attention as a child. Exactly. I was going to say, if you're rejected your entire life and then someone is suddenly nice to you, you don't know how to accept it because it's not anything you're used to. Right. right. Because so. this this guy just seems like he really 
loves her, and she clearly she just can't he deal doesn't with care it. that she's green. Well, no, he actually, I don't think he's a normal color either. Doesn't no, he have I like think he might be a blue color, and he's blue. I think he's blue. Yeah. So, <laughs> what does blue and green make? <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Sorry. A darker just, blue. That just popped into my head. Isn't that teal? Teal. Oh, they have a teal baby. <laughs> so she goes on the run and she ends up going to this nunnery. And she doesn't remember part of the time that she's in the nunnery, but it's like the time she's in the nunnery, she can't remember anything. And when she becomes aware again, she has a son. There or there's she's a, totally blocked out her entire pregnancy and giving birth to this child basically is what it is. Yeah, and it's it's not ever clear in the book if this is actually her son or not. It's just this baby who's at the nunnery that when she becomes aware again that she's taking care of. Yeah, because he goes with her when she leaves. Oh. So it's yeah, it's weird. But I think the reason to read this book, don't you agree, Bonnie, is that it helps you to see a character that you've known your whole life, that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. You get to see her side of the story. Yeah, it's really great. I, I mean, this is one of my favorite books, and I've talked a long time about this, so I need to wrap it up. But um, I love this book, and I definitely would recommend it, even though it is difficult to read because... The world is not well, anything. I mean, if you're a fantasy lover like me, it is a breeze. But for a non-fantasy lover, it's a little bit harder because there are so many otherworldly aspects involved in it. Isn't you have to suspend. Uh, What's yeah. that? Isn't that the best part, though? Isn't that why we read to well, escape to different worlds? Well, is- you have to suspend your disbelief to a point that it's almost, it's very difficult to do that. Right. And if you don't read a lot of fantasy... Sometimes you have to go back and reread stuff because it's kind of like, I, I, I'm lost again. I need to go back and reread something. I love fantasy, and I read a fantasy book, so I don't think I would have a problem reading that. And I'm going to have to check it out, too, because um, the last time that I came on the, the podcast with you guys, I actually ended up reserving that book replay that Martha had been talking about, and uh, I got a text earlier and i get to go pick it up and i'm really replay about Woo-hoo. it yeah we also found a copy of it at the library book sale on audio Woo-hoo-hoo. oh yeah you did yeah. buy that didn't you yeah i did awesome so i have it on audio too so you've got your, your don't spoiled turn that choice. into the library yet i want to read it <sighs> i don't know i okay. just like books i just want the paper i'm weird well no. i like books too but i drive a lot so i have an actual book going too i i always have an audio book in my car a regular book <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I always have three as well. I have one in my car, one on my phone, and one beside my bed. Well, one on my phone when I was still allowed to read at work. <laughs> Before the uh, authoritarian regime caused you to put your phone away and quit your job. Before they brought down their iron fist. Those bastards. Those haters. I know, they are haters. Book blockers. But again, that's Wicked by Gregory Maguire. I would give it a five out of five, and I would recommend this book. I would. T- and I'm giving it a five out of five too because it is one of my favorite books of all time. Yes, really good. Recommend it times one thousand. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm gonna go next, and there's a reason why. It's fine by me, dude. 
<laughs> Can you stay awake long enough for She's that? She's got, Kelly's got a fantasy novel too. I do. And I have a mystery. So Ooh. you want to break it up? We should sandwich me. You want to be the cream Fancy. filling in our I want to be the sandwich. I'm I want to be the, be the chocolate. <laughs> Both of you guys snaps. are brunettes. And I'm a blonde. Well, can we be the half and half cookie? Because I want to be vanilla. Can I be vanilla? <laughs> That's fine, too. <laughs> All this role playing. I don't know if I can stand it. <laughs> you know you love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. So my book, <laughs> my book is called Raven Black by Anne Cleves, and it is the beginning of a series of the Shetland Island series, and it's Scottish, and you know how I love my Scots. Yes, you do love your Scots. Yes, I went to Scotland last, was it last year or year before last? Too long ago, I went to Scotland, I think and I love ago. Scotland. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. Wonderful. I, I think it's I want, funny we all read from a series, by the way. Do what? We all read from a series. Yes, by we the did. Way. We did all read we? from a series this week. Awesome. That's but this the one theme. is the very beginning of a series. <laughs> and honestly, I did not know it was a series until I looked it up so that I could get the author right. Mm. Because I read audiobooks. Listen, excuse me, as my husband would yell at me for saying read. Yeah, it is. Listen weird that you say that. to audiobooks. <laughs> so a lot of times I'm not looking at. The cover, right? And when I finish, I return it to the library and just write down. Will you read the next series? Yes, definitely. I'm going back. For, there's two more now that I have to read, so I'm I'm ordering the other two as soon as we're done here. Now that I know there are two more, so this one is called Raven Black, and the other two are White Knights and Red Bones. Now, the thing that I liked, I I chose this one specifically because it was a um. Do you want Duncan to... Laurie Award, Duncan Laurie Dagger Award winner. What I liked about this one was it. It sometimes when you read a book, you feel like you've gone someplace else. It's almost to where you can feel the chill in the air, mm-hmm. like you're sitting on this cold and lonely beach, looking across the field to see a body lying in the snow and a congress of ravens around the body pecking at it. And you can see the blood on the snow. That's kind of gross. Well, there are a lot of ravens in this book. confused why there's a beach and a field. Well, because it's Scotland and it's the Shetland Islands. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you're sitting at the beach staring across the field. I would be staring at the water, but that's just me. (laughs) Well, there was was a dead body laying in the snow with a bunch of ravens around it. I would be staring at that. You're right. <laughs> I think I'd be walking away so from that. So the atmosphere, I think, of this book is really what grabbed me from the very beginning. Because I felt like I was on that cold, windswept island. And it has a lot of elements of things that I really enjoyed. Or have enjoyed in many of the books I've read. You have the eccentric old man who is very lonely. And you know from the very beginning that something bad is going to happen with this guy because he's so lonely. You know, he goes out and he tries to talk to the kids, you know, and he tries to get them to come in and have tea with him. And he's just so lonely and you feel so bad for the guy. Do I want to hug him? (laughs) You know, and he buys he he buys biscuits in the hope that someone will come and and sit with him and visit for a while. And there are a lot of people in the world like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very lonely people. They always feel sorry for them and talk mm-hmm. to them. So <laughs> there's 
So these little girls, as a dare, go and have tea with them. And they're probably in high school, maybe, younger, younger girls. And so he kind of is familiar with them. And then one of them comes back on her own later to talk to him. Well, then the next, right after she leaves this house, pretty much, is when she's found murdered. So immediately he's the guy. And then we find out that years ago, another girl went missing. And he was the prime suspect. Hmm. And they were he they immediately grabbed him and took him in and but they could never pin anything on him. They could never find anything on him. Well, in the meantime, they find the body of the first girl. Oh, snap. Yeah. So then there's all this. And of course, the information about the first dead girl all starts to come out of what she's been up to. And she's been taking pictures and and taking film for this project she's been working on. And so, of course, they start to look at that and start to go, well, maybe she saw something she shouldn't have. Right. It was just incredibly well plotted, incredibly engrossing. I think I read this thing in like a day and a half. I was just on it all the time, wanting to finish it. And it had some pretty good twists at the end. And the killer, or killers, are not who you think they would be. Hmm. Sounds interesting. And the, the whole atmosphere of the book was incredible. It was just one of those really good, crunchy murder mysteries, the kind that you just crave I, I shouldn't say you cuz I'm looking at you guys and you're probably not mystery readers like I I read everything there, I actually really don't have any genre of book that I don't enjoy reading which is really weird but I guess I don't read nonfiction as often as anything else but I don't really have any bias against any genres I'm not really much into westerns no oh. <clears throat> no, I probably don't do it very many westerns. I had a huge um, romance novel like horse phase no. when I was younger. Getting yeah. any books that had horses in it, and then eventually you're going to get into westerns because the uh, relationship between a cowboy and his horse is have you ever pretty read, important. Have you ever read Black Beauty? <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, um, I love every Black little Beauty. girl's read Black Beauty. Yeah, Black Beauty. Uh, Justin Morgan had a horses. horse. Uh, Misty of Teague, Born to Trot. A ton yep. of them. I love. I didn't really read a I mean, lot of horse books. But if you Black really Beauty think about it, girls, favorites. there's a reason why women and horses why are together. All that running and bouncing around on a horse. <laughs> no, it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> so my butt hurts. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about your butt. <laughs> I was going to say I don't remember that a lot about riding horses, but uh, you know whatever works for you. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, it was an excellent mystery. I'm going on to number two. I highly recommend Raven Black by Ann Cleves. And especially for those of us who really dig a good British slash Scottish murder mystery, this one really fits the bill. While I'm waiting for the new Hamish Macbeth mystery, which is on its way to my inbox as soon as it comes Hamish. out. Because I'm number one on the list. Hey, Hamish Macbeth is a policeman. In a Scottish town, a small Scottish town, and there's a number of mysteries there's of probably murders. 30, 30, yeah, I feel like yeah. I've heard this before. Like, yeah. it sounds familiar. I think we might have we touched on it a little bit when you were here the last time. Yeah, they're we read a lot of they're very comfortable, cozy 
type mysteries. Quick reads. Yes. I like it. Very homey, familiar. Hamish Macbeth is quite the prude. Hey, I'd do, I'd do him. Well, if a he would tall, do you. tall, redheaded dude. If he would do so you. So would I probably. He would. Because he's the. <laughs> He'd do me. You had me at redhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. And he's got a Scottish accent, too. So that's a double <laughs> yeah, freaking I mean, bonus pretty right much. there. And if yes. he has blue eyes, it's over. Yes. I like the fact that he has a wild cat as a pet. A wild cat and a dog. And oh. a dog. Fonzie and Lugs. Like a hound. Uh-huh. Yeah. My main character had a pretty interesting pet as well. Really? Let's, that's yeah. a good transition. It's time to transition. I like it. Um, well, you said you read a fantasy book. I did as well. Mine is called Libriomancer. It's by Jim C. Hines, and it is Magic Ex Libris, which is book one. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, Libris is book in Latin. Anyways, um, it is about Libriomancers, which are people who can make the words from a book come to life. Awesome. So they have this power where when they read the words, they can... Um, get a perfect mental image of it based on what was written and then they can create they can conjure it basically and then reach into the book and pull it out oh my god! they can take things out of the book they can take weapons um, living creatures people and all this stuff but they can't actually go into the book or bring the whole world of the book out into it right just little bits and pieces now granted there obviously are lots of books out there with dangerous things in it so the guy who founded Libriomancy which is hilariously enough Johannes, Johannes Gutenberg and he's still alive because he's like a magical creature oh, in this in this the guy book, who created you know, the in this p- world. printing press. Yes, that um, fits so perfectly. He's been alive for a really long time, centuries. No big deal. He found so some he, kind of potion. Apparently. Yes, he he founded uh, Libriomancy, and then the Porters, which are um, the the group of Libriomancers. It's like their organized little group thing, right? So um, he has had to lock certain books. Because they have dangerous weapons in them. So um, some examples of that, the ring um, from Tolkien's um, Lord of the Rings. So the Lord of the Rings has been locked. Uh, Nobody can use magic on that book, so nobody can pull anything out of it. Can somebody read it, though? Yeah, they can all read it. It doesn't erase the words or anything. It's just that there's a lock on the magical part of the book, so nobody can access it to reach in and make it. Um, reality, right? I so, see. so okay. obviously, um, a lot of sci-fi books have been locked as well because they have black holes and mm-hmm. you know certain weapons that could destroy the entire planet. Um, basically, anything that's going to have any like really far-reaching effects on society, they've locked the books. Wow. So they have within this this porter realm um, people who are called uh, catalogers, and the catalogers uh, check books and they read all through the books, and they have to try to find. You know, the dangerous ones that need to be locked, and then they recommend them for being locked. Well, our lead character, Isaac, is one such person. He's a cataloger. Now, he was originally a porter because he has the magic, but his magic is a little too strong. Oh, so and they he don't kind want of, him to use it? Well, no, he breaks the rules, okay? And there are oh. rules for a reason, and he breaks the rules not intentionally. It's because he's too powerful. Uh, and he hadn't really fully gained control of his power, so he messed up. So they demoted him to a cataloger. Oh. Now, this something's going wonky. We start out straight in the beginning of the action, right? But you don't really know what's happening at first, and you're kind of slowly finding out information. So they're talking about porters in this whole world, and 
you're slowly getting the pieces to the puzzle. So it kind of took me a while to get into this book. It wasn't until about chapter six where I really felt like I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult when you're reading a fantasy novel because there are, you, you can't find anything to grasp onto. They're yes. using unfamiliar terms. and it's too many questions that right. are not enough answers. And I finally started to get to the answers and then I really enjoyed it. And it got uh, became a much faster read after that. But initially I had some trouble. Mm-hmm. So um, they end up, Okay, something is happening. We don't, you don't know what for the longest time, but mm-hmm. vampires are attacking the porters. Now, obviously, vampires are something they come from books. So oh. at some point, a porter decided to pull a vampire out. Which they're not and supposed then, to do. Yeah. Right. Well, they can, but they're supposed to put them back. But sometimes oh. they can't because there is free will and these creatures have minds oh. of their own. And if the character is written as like headstrong and rebellious, like they're going to be headstrong and rebellious when they come out. Woof. So you wouldn't want any of those really powerful so, magicians to come out. They because... have a lot of this stuff, right? There are elves and, um, you know, everything you can think of. Any mythical creature that somebody may have wanted to use at some point or another has been freed from these books. Well, then they could start breeding. So then you've got, like, whole entire groups of vampires. So the vampires are going rogue, or so it appears, and they start attacking the porters, and then... You find out that some of the porters had been turned by vampires, but later you find out that the vampires are being controlled by someone else, and Isaac, our lead character, believes that it is Gutenberg and that he has gone rogue. (gasps) So he's the guy who founded Le Romancy and the porters, and it appears as if he is attacking his own people. So then they're trying to solve the mystery and do all this stuff, but I mentioned the strange pet, so I I can't forget to mention Smudge, (laughs) which is his pet fire spider. Uh, oh. so fire his, spider? Yeah, his spider is um, magical, and he can sense danger, and when he does, he starts flaming. So he's always um, like oh, warm only, to the touch. The and, only thing more frightening than a spider is a flaming spider. Right? I think it would be kind of cool. Oh, I not imagine riding on just one. thinking about it over here. <laughs> be Jeez. like a tarantula that goes up in flames. Ah! Imagine riding on one. No! Okay, so at one point, Isaac... He um, uses the the cakes. He reaches into the book from Alice, uh, from Alice in Wonderland, and he gets the cakes out. And they eat the cakes to shrink because they're going into like the wreckage of this like damaged building, and they have to get to the basement. So they eat the little cakes, and they turn tiny, and then they ride on his fire spider down oh into this gosh, basement. That is so cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's really cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there that's kind of a little like Harry Potter esque in the um, like you know magical realm. You, you, mm-hmm. He is very similar to J.K. Rowling in creating the whole image in your mind. It's almost as if the book was written to become a movie, kind of like Harry mm. Potter was. Mm. You know, you could see it perfectly. And uh, I, I really appreciate that because there are certain books where you read it and you think this would just make a great movie. And this is one of them. And mm. obviously it harnesses or it, it like touches on the power of books and words and everything because this is how these people channel their magical abilities is through books. Mm-hmm. So exactly. there's like a line in here that I loved whenever I read it. It made me so happy because I feel like all of us can absolutely relate to that. And anybody listening to this, because clearly you love books or you wouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> but um, he said, even before I learned what I was, books were my escape from the world. This place, bookstores, libraries, they're the closest thing I have to a church. That is so me. That yeah, is very it is a religious experience it in really a lot of ways. Is. And in his case, it's literally magical. 
Whoa. Okay, that's it. I'm reading it. <laughs> it's pretty good. And this is the first book, so there are more. Um, I actually haven't finished it yet. Uh, when you asked me to do this earlier this week, I had a few chapters left, and I figured I'd have time to finish it, and I didn't. But that's okay, though, because really, you're not supposed to give away the ending anyway. Right. And the whole point of this podcast is the passion. I got, hang on. Speaking of passion, I got to say, this is one of my favorite characters, because this thing is so awesome. So... He ends up with a girlfriend, sort of. Um, Her name is Lena, and she is a mythical creature that has been pulled out of a book. And she lives in a tree and draws all of her power from a tree. She's a a dryad. But she's basically like a nymph in that she she relies on love and she has to have she has to have somebody to to love her for her to exist, basically, because that's how her character was written. Like she was written to be pleasing to men it was written by a man for men and uh her character um basically takes on the attributes of whatever that her lover wants whoa so she actually starts out the book with a woman and the woman likes um a little bit darker and curvier so she's a little bit darker and curvier and then as she starts dating isaac she starts she starts changing physically to appeal to his tastes and you know she says stuff it's kind of funny too because I found myself like oddly relating to her a couple of times and I didn't really like it (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then we do a little bit of self-analysis we do change ourselves we do change ourselves if your partner Mm -hmm. is interested in hiking all the time right you're going to hike more often because you want to spend time with them so you're going to do something and if you are not an artist but your significant other loves to paint well you're going to try to learn to paint so that you have something to do together right so she does does all this stuff but it becomes her so she you know she it's a little bit more than just i'm gonna you know occasionally do this with you because i want to spend time with you it's this is now my identity like it's she's a consumption yes it becomes like who she is wow so that's an interesting little bit too uh you know like a little sidebar there's you were talking about your book has lots of layers and like mm-hmm. it just keeps you have to keep um, peeling things back and that's kind of how this was too because there were lots of things going on you know within the porters and within the vampire world and he actually goes into a nest of vampires at one point and there's all the different species there Ooh. and he wears he wears this um like long leather duster think like did you ever watch firefly no but i've heard yeah. of it. okay and, well and if you're talking leather duster you're also talking um uh what the hell's his name the jim butcher wrote a series called Harry Dresden and Harry Dresden wears the long duster and he's a he's a wizard yeah yeah. I think the duster is always kind of associated with magical things like I I, I noticed that and also like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer he's wearing the leather duster (laughs) and that's just a thing so he has this leather duster that has like these enormous pockets and he packs books because books are his weapons so he has his favorite sci-fi books which have like the ray blasters and then of course since he initially thinks that the vampires have gone rogue and he's going to fight these vampires at at first. Then he has to have steaks too. He, no, he goes and get. He goes to um, this like specialty library store that has a ton of fantasy books, and he goes and he arms himself with all of the vampire novels that he can find, because within all of them are all of the like weapons that he would need against oh. any breed of vampire that exists. Because That's you've got cool. some that are daywalkers, and some that aren't, and some that respond to silver, and some that don't, and some that like garlic effects, and blah, blah, blah. So he's got to have like this arsenal of weapons. So his books are his weapons. And I love that so much because 
let's be real, books kind of are weapons. They, exactly. You know, they arm us with yes. vocabularies. Knowledge. And they've even shown uh, studies here recently that people who read more have um, higher ability to empathize with people. Especially fiction yeah. readers. So it makes your, yep. you know, your emotional intelligence go up and all this stuff. Like, it is a weapon. You know, obviously, knowledge is power. So I, I just really liked how... I don't know. It paid homage to the magic of books. That is so awesome. And literally. (laughs) You totally sold me. I have got to read it. It's really good. You know what it reminds me a little when you're talking about the nest of vampires and all the different breeds and everything? Um, Penny Dreadful. Oh, yeah. Penny Dreadful was so good. Because there's a lot of mythical creatures in that. It's on Netflix. <gasps> Something else for you to be. I actually ran out. Okay, I just watched the last episode of the show I've been watching, and I was like, "What am I gonna watch now?" Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. It is it's so ladies. awesome. <laughs> it's it's it's. They dark take a and lot of scary. the mythical creatures from different. Oh, I'm ready for this. Whatever, and super ready. Yes, it is super super awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh. In fact, I was disappointed that it ended. Yes, I know. I wish they would put another episode on there. By the way, yes. this book makes a lot of references to celebrities and um, people that you wouldn't think that would be associated with the magical world. But one of my favorite ones is that Bruce Lee was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that must be why he's so well, fast. He got turned in. He got turned in 1973. Apparently, like that's what they say in the book. He, um, he got turned in 73 back when he collapsed at his home. Blah blah blah. Um, so they they decided to turn him because he was going to die, and oh. they didn't want his knowledge to be lost to the world. So they turned him and then like he the last they knew he was living in Cambodia somewhere and it was basically like that's a vampire you don't want to mess with (laughs) (laughs) kick your ass and suck your blood yeah Uh it is pretty awesome it's a good book it's definitely like I said at first it was a slow read and I really wasn't feeling it it was kind of irritating me and then (laughs) I just don't like it when I you know I told you I liked Ray Bradbury because of that ambiguous style of writing that leaves you with questions but they're questions about um, they're like f- philosophical questions, not questions mm-hmm. about what the hell is going on in the story, yeah. which is how I felt for this a lot of the time. <laughs> and that was really bothersome. So I'm really glad that Whoops. it finally picked up speed. And like once you jump like really into the meat of it, and you know what's going on. It's like, oh, it's a real page turner. So, yeah, we I've read books like that where I'm about ready to stop reading the book. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's kind of interesting. Right. OK, well. Well, that makes sense. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a couple more chapters. <laughs> I also have this weird obligation to see it through. Like, even if I'm not really enjoying it, I have to finish it because, I don't know, it's just one of those things. I'm, I guess, task-oriented. Like, I need to finish the task. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends. If it's a book that somebody has recommended to me, even if I'm not liking the book, but they loved it. Yeah. I'll... Girl on the Train was like that for me. It took me three tries to read the damn thing, but I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. Now, see, the only reason I read Fifty Shades of Grey is because I had a coworker who absolutely loved it and told me I had to read it. I had to read it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And finally, I hate that. I did. And I was like, yeah, I didn't love it. And she's like, really? You didn't love it? You don't want to read the next one? I'm like, no. But we can like different things. But we can still be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. So what's on hold? What's coming up? Anybody? Well, next well, we know that Kelly's got uh, replay on hold. I do. Um, I also checked out a couple more books when I did this because you can always renew them, like return some, renew the others. Uh, I got another John Grisham book. and Awesome. Yeah, and no, I don't remember which one right now because I haven't started reading it yet. <laughs> um, I actually got a few books and 
most of them are way too long for me to have gotten as many as I did. So I got four <laughs> books, and they're all well over 400 pages each. So I've got about four pre-releases on on hold. I think I'm probably going to do replay next just because it, it was like it's fresh in my mind, and it sounded so good. And I kind of need something right now that's a little bit, you know, page-gripping because I feel like I haven't yeah. had that really. Like I said, this one was just, it took me so long to get into it. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes you need a little break, too. I mean, when you read something that's that off the wall, sometimes you need something that's a little more normal like before you go on to, to reality. <laughs> that's, a lot of times that's why I flip back, back and forth. Um, I had read, I just read this one called Roadside Picnic, which was good, but it was very strange. Mm. I may eventually talk about it, but um, so it was just so weird. I was like, oh, I need something down to earth. Mm-hmm. So then I went to something completely different. It's like cleansing your palate. Mm-hmm. I do that. I think that we've talked about this before where I have, I'll have i be reading multiple books at once because there's just some days you're in the mood for, you know, kind of, you know, light and fluffy and airy like the mm-hmm. your fantasy books, you know, right. your things where you can kind of get away. And then other days you're thinking, you know, you're feeling expansive and intellectual, like I want to read something deep. So you get into your... I don't know, history-based Quantum book or, physics. Yeah, I mean, not so much. Quantum Although, like, occasionally I find myself reading uh, studies. Um, they're mostly normal studies, which is the National Organization for the um, something marijuana laws, uh, rewriting, basically. Um, ah. Reform, that's it. National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. So I'll read studies, like, about psychomotor impairment and marijuana, mm-hmm. which is, you know, does driving get affected by smoking? Uh, <laughs> hey, dude, whatever does it for you. I'm just telling you, you sometimes bow. you got to read sciencey things. <laughs> yeah, I love sciencey things. Me the too. book that I'm probably going to talk about next week is the science. It's kind of like a, a history slash science novel. It's called The Technologist, and it's kind of like the clash between tradition and technology. Because this is set back in 1868. When there isn't a lot of technology, technology is very new, and a lot of people see it as a real threat. Yeah, they have an aversion mm. to it. Mm. So I mean, I we, we have still something... have that, though. I feel yeah. like there's still kind of that interesting dichotomy where we're both, like, reliant on it and we despise it. Right. right. Yes. I and don't then... want to talk about it too much because I'm going to talk about it next week. Dang it. I don't have a lot of books going on right now. I was just I'll be reading that John Grisham week. book, and John Grisham is my favorite time. author. <laughs> okay. Let's stick a fork in this bitch. Yep. After all the technical difficulties we've had, you guys have no idea. I know. <laughs> we this, had to start over twice this, because this, of the ghost in this freaking machine. This one-hour podcast turned into a two-hour podcast. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now Kelly needs a nap. Oh, I'm going to bed. I was going to go to my friend's going away party before oh. she moves to Colorado, but bye. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. tired. Nicole's out this week again with uh, midterms, so right. that's why Kelly sat in. We oh, didn't we... even talk about that. We're so used to you being here, Kelly. I, know. I like it. You're not even like a guest anymore. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> You're a reoccurring You're our go-to character. girl. <laughs> Kelly is Kelly Talent, by the, the way. that I read. She's well, the go-to we like that. girl. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Thanks for the coffee, too. You're welcome. Is it bad? Oh, I look forward to that. The coffee? No. Yeah, I don't I'm really looking. ever spring for Starbucks because I feel like it's just an unjustified expense. Well, it is, but guess what? That's the only thing I have to pay you with. Aww. Since we don't make any money off this podcast, it is the labor of love. So if we have a guest, 
I buy the coffee. Well, mm-hmm. thanks for the coffee because it's tasty. Don't Welcome. let her fool you. She buys coffee every week, whether or not we have a guest. Oh, shush. <laughs> Don't tell my stories. And I look forward to it every week, too. I'm like, it's Friday podcast Starbucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think we should buy stock. That's what I think. The simple needs. Yeah. All right. Simple pleasures in life. So it's time to be done. And that means we have to say our little phrase. And that's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls.